Well, it's time for us to begin our midday program here on KRVN. It is a Friday, and case you've uh, lost the days, sun's out. It looks really nice from your living room or your kitchen, but uh, going outside, it's not nearly as nice out there. Uh, Susan Littlefield uh, can probably attest to that. No matter where you're at in Nebraska, it's not very nice right now. No, it's not, because it's freezing rain here right now. No, so it's especially not nice there. It's uh, Yeah, it's, it's just got that gloomy, didn't get any snow, but we got a little bit of rain action going on. I tell you, yesterday, driving driving back from work was filthy. I mean, it was it was icy, and uh, it, it wasn't fun. But Al Dutcher is going to tell us that things are going to get better, right? I am hoping so. Shaley, talk to him. We'll find out more details as we focus on what's going to happen into the weekend and early next week. Then at 1245, Chabella will be coming in to talk about some SBA loans that are out there and available. And then we'll wrap it all up at 117. As the Nebraska Farm Bureau has a virtual ag in the classroom, and I think it's something we all could visit as well, not just our students. We'll get more on that coming from Alex. Hmm. Okay, that sounds interesting. Good. Sounds like some homework we could all have. Yeah, we could all use it. <laughs> all right, thank you, Susan. I appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good weekend. You too. All right, we turn it over to Jason Jorgensen here on a Friday. And what's going on in your world today? Well, we're going to hear from Husker men's basketball coach Fred Hoiberg. <sighs> uh, he was on Sports Nightly last night. Even though the uh, the year, and he even admits this, was a train wreck, has only won seven games and three of their top guards are leaving. Yeah. He says they got the foundation in place for better things next year. Of course, three very talented players <laughs> sat on the bench and redshirted well, true. this past year. But uh, we'll hear from, from the mayor. Uh, if you missed it yesterday, Cam Mack is so long. Very talented player, but kind of a headache. Five times they had to discipline him. True. Twice he was suspended. I know he's got some personal things going on in his life, but at some point... I mean, you've got to be an adult. Well, and you add that to Gervais Green and Deshaun Burke, right, of all that. Not not a great mixture. No. Uh, Also, the Husker women's basketball team continues to have some defections. Uh, They've lost three kids. This one will hurt. Leah Brown is leaving. Uh, She never started last year, but was the Big Ten sixth best player. She won their award for their sixth person of the year. She averaged 14 points and three rebounds per game. So that has some folks wondering what's going on in Husker Hoopsland. But as I've I've learned covering college sports uh, much more closely the last three years, there's usually two sides to every story. And everybody has different reasons for leaving. And you need people there who want to be there. True. Sometimes I feel like that transfer portal is bad, but uh, good, good and bad. It, it makes it real easy for kids not to stick it out. Yeah, yeah. But if they're cancers, maybe it's time yeah. to go. So, all right. Well, we'll see. Thank you very much, Jason. Let's turn it over to Bob Rogan. Bob, uh, stocks down today. Stocks moving lower and trading on Wall Street after the government reported that more than seven hundred thousand jobs were lost last month. Uh, those dismal jobs numbers not helping the market much at all. Growth in the U.S. service sector slowed in March, and a much bigger decline is expected in coming months from that uh, from that virus we've been talking about. Walt Disney Company officials say uh, that they are going to furlough some workers in two weeks at its theme parks resorts in Florida and California. I won't be going there soon anyway, so <laughs> that's what's going on. 
All right, that's all coming up on Midday. KRVN 93.1 The River and Cami announce a new resource on KRVN.com. The Love Local Business and Services Guide. Let's focus on what we can do. Listed are new hours, pickup and delivery options. Also special services and community events. Please keep limiting group contact while still supporting these local businesses, churches, and service organizations. Help us keep money where our hearts are. Love Local at KRVN.com. If you'd like to be included, email lovelocal at krvn.com. It is time for us to take a look at our weather and how it's affecting agriculture for us and around the world. Brought to you by Holdridge Irrigation, your Ranky dealer. Paul Perkins in here with us today. And this is one of those, uh, you know, it's, it looks really nice when you're sitting in the living room <laughs> in the kitchen. But you, you step outside and it's it's chilly for April 3rd. Yeah, especially if you look at the calendar. See, it's all oh, it's first part of April. Yeah. Sunny out there. looks really nice and bright out there. Green surfaces starting to show up. But when you look at it, when you actually get outside, no. Yeah. It's still well below freezing in oh. the mid to upper 20s across much of the area, some low 30s to southeast Nebraska. After after a few mornings of going outside and hearing the birds singing, they were having none of it this morning at all. They were hiding for sure. Exactly. And it got really chilly last night in the Nebraska panhandle. Many locations had either sub zero or. Uh, just above zero overnight lows in the single digits just above and below zero. Chandron had the state low at 10 below, and wind chills were as low as 16 below in the Alliance area earlier on this morning. So, And many of us, of course, experienced some wind chills just above zero across much of Nebraska into northern Kansas. Once again, those temperatures currently in the mid to upper 20s, any snow and some wet rain that did fall with that. Over eastern areas of Nebraska last night, that is now well into much of northeast Iowa, on into northwest Missouri. Sunshine returning to our forecast today, but temperatures will remain on the cooler side, 15 degrees below normal. Adding to that coolness will be some northwest winds remaining on the breezy side as we see strong high pressure push in behind departing low pressure. But those winds gradually dying down as the day goes on, especially into tonight. They'll become light for tonight into tomorrow morning. Also a little bit of an increase in cloud cover Temperatures once again on the seasonably cold side by tomorrow morning. More sunshine expected for tomorrow after some clouds burn off in the morning. Temperatures tomorrow will be milder, but still slightly below average for this time of year. Winds will turn to the south as we get on the backside of high pressure. Sunday through Thursday, looking at a nice warm-up on the way. Warmer than normal temperatures with a ridge of high pressure building east from the Rockies. The peak of that warming occurring on Monday and Tuesday with highs in the 70s. And we could even see some areas sneak into the 80s just ahead of a cold front on Tuesday. Some small rain and thunderstorm chances in the forecast Sunday night and Thursday with some weak disturbances. But overall, the next seven days looking mainly dry by Friday of next week. A little more seasonal on the temperatures. In the long-term forecast for the late half of next week, Nebraska and Kansas temperatures will be seasonal to slightly below normal. Then the forecast does trend cooler than normal next weekend through april 16th above normal precipitation is forecast wednesday through april 16th for nebraska and kansas sold temperatures at the four inch depth at seven this morning as low as the mid to upper 20s in northwest and north central nebraska from o'neill to around broken bow and sydney sold temperatures in the low 30s elsewhere in nebraska from the northeast into the south central and southwest and northwest kansas the soil temperatures cooled to the mid to upper 30s Southeast Nebraska into central and east Kansas with soil temperatures in the low to mid 
mid-40s. Heat weather factors in the market include above normal precipitation slowing down the field work in the Midwest and limiting rain and limited rain actually in South America. A cold front stretching from Minnesota to Texas will slowly advance to the east and weaken. The blast of cold air will result in weekend freezes as far south as the northern panhandle of Texas. Early next week, though, above normal temperatures returning across much of the central and eastern U.S. The Midwest and Northern Plains unsettled weather into next week will keep the field work delayed in the Southern Plains. Well below normal temperatures through tomorrow, not expected to be cold enough to cause any damage to winter wheat coming out of dormancy. The Delta's field work will continue to be delayed by additional rain through the weekend into early next week. Brazil's crop areas report Expect some scattered rain through the weekend, but overall precipitation will remain well below normal. Central Brazil's second crop corn may incur some stress from limited moisture. Crop losses have already occurred in southern Brazil due to their dryness. Okay, well, uh, we'll see. I, You know, I, I liked looking at that forecast for next week. A couple of they said might get into the 80s. Huh? Yeah, yeah. on Tuesday, uh, there are there is that serious potential uh, so the forecast models may be a little bit modest on how much of a warm-up we could see. So okay. uh, going from the deep freeze to some very warm temperatures by next Tuesday. And I'm sure I'll be complaining and saying, oh, it's, it's too early to be this hot. But, you know, that's a, that's also what we do around here. So, you know, exactly. it's just what, that's just the way it works. Well, thank you, Paul. Appreciate it. Uh, where do you go to get check in on your weather? Weather tab, krvn.com. Rely on KRVN for up-to-date information on COVID-19. From closings, the latest governor's press conference, and DHHS virus reports, we'll bring you the facts and latest news on the coronavirus. Visit our coronavirus information tab at krvn.com for up-to-the-minute local and state news, and tune in every weeknight at 5 p.m. for a special KRVN this evening. Depend on KRVN to keep you informed on COVID-19. COVID-19 coverage is brought to you by COZAD Community Health. It's time again this week that we get to visit with our Nebraska Extension Agricultural Climatologist, Al Dutcher. I'm Shaley Peters, joining you back here on the Rural Radio Network. And Al, what started off as a pretty great week and even uh, start to the month of April quickly has turned around and we see that four-letter S word starting to uh, sneak back in across much of the state. So what can we expect headed into this chilly weekend and next week? Well, Shaley, you're absolutely correct. This is kind of what I call the cruel season where we're so close but yet so far away from never having to deal with this stuff for another six months. However, we did see a lot more colder air in with this system and uh, maybe saved us to some extent from a widespread big icing events and because there's so much cold air and we didn't get the moisture over top of it. But bottom line is we've seen a lot of widespread freezing, uh, mist, rain, sleet, snow, I have to imagine that there probably will be some concerns in some of the later advanced wheat and what the damage to that might be initially from this cold outbreak. But the more bottom line is, is that at least for the near term, we got much more improved weather ahead of us. We should gain about 10 degrees a day all the way into Monday time frame. Uh, we're going to deal with a little bit of northwest winds today. And, of course, with the cooler temperatures and the residual moisture on the surface, it's not going to get very warm. But we are clearing out a little bit earlier. And that may lead to a couple degree temperature rise, but we'll be looking at up to 30s to low 40s probably for most folks for highs. And then we'll add about 10 degrees tomorrow as we get a much more relaxed wind. Then we'll see another 10 degree rise as we get into 
Sunday, so we'll be back into the 60s for most of the state. Uh, there is a little wave showing, uh, at least from the GFS moving through, might generate some light showers across the state. But I think that that would just be a spotty sprinkle, particularly into the Sunday night, Monday time frame. And it looks like we jump into the 70s statewide as we go into Monday and possibly some low 80s and some of the more favorable warm positions of the state. Normally, that would be some southwest Nebraska. And then on Tuesday, it looks to be the warmest of the upcoming week. And I think we will see the 80s across portions of southern Nebraska, maybe mid-80s in southwest Nebraska. Those two days, we're probably going to carry a fairly high fire danger across the state with increased winds and very little in the way of moisture in the atmosphere. Then we start to see the northern stream become a little bit more active and start to carve out a trough over the northern points. And that may push a little bit of cooler air in through northern Nebraska um, and northeastern Nebraska, cooling our temperatures maybe about 10 degrees as we go in on the day on Wednesday. It doesn't look like any precipitation uh, at least on the day on Wednesday, but Wednesday night into Thursday, maybe a little bit of a wave moving through, and it does show a sprinkle here and there, but nothing concerning. And then we see basically um, that thing sag down a little bit farther, and maybe that wave will generate some moisture south of the Interstate 80 corridor as we go Thursday into Friday. But I, at this point in time, I don't hold a lot of confidence in that. As the wave starts to pass through us, we'll see some warming temperatures again as we go into uh, Friday, possibly Saturday, before we start to see that trough start to strengthen, push southward, and also some energy coming out of the western United States. And from the about the 11th through the 14th, at least from the GFS standpoint, showing a very robust precipitation pattern across the northern and central plains. Farmers and ranchers watch out. If we get enough cold air in with us, we probably will see some additional snow. But after that, it looks like very warm temperatures start to invade much of the central and uh, the central and southern plains, and some very dry conditions as we get into that period where we start to get out in the fields and do a lot of planting. Thanks so much, Al Nebraska Extension Agricultural Climatologist Al Dutcher. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. It's time for sports. Here's our own Jason Jorgensen. Hey, thanks. Well, in a move that was expected, Nebraska point guard Cam Mack announced he's entering his name into the NCAA transfer portal. Now, he announced three weeks ago he was declaring for the NBA draft, but will keep his eligibility throughout the process. In his one and only season as a Husker, Mack averaged 12.6 assists and 5 rebounds per game. And while he had his moments on the court, he could be a headache for the coaching staff. Throughout the season, he was disciplined five times and suspended twice. His departure is the third transfer for the Big Red this offseason. See joins fellow guards Deshaun Burke and Gervais Green, who are leaving Lincoln. Now, while this season was a disaster for the Huskers, head coach Fred Hoiberg says not all was lost. I think it was a good year for us as far as trying to lay the foundation and, and put in a style of play that we feel uh, we can have long-term success with. And, uh, you know, it was a difficult year. Obviously, uh, you know, nobody expected going into this season winning only seven basketball games, two in league. Uh, but it was an important year, again, for laying the foundation. Hoiberg was a guest last night on Sports Nightly on the Husker Sports Network. There also continues to be some key defections for the Husker women's program. Leah Brown, the leading scorer for the Huskers last year in the Big Ten Sixth Player of the Year, has placed her name into the transfer portal and doesn't intend to return to NU. 
The Indiana native is the third different Husker to announce she's leaving the squad. Last year, she averaged 14 points and three rebounds per game, despite not starting a single contest for the Huskers. NFL News, Sammy Watkins is reportedly staying in Kansas City. A source tells ESPN the 26-year-old wide receiver has agreed to restructure his deal with the Chiefs. The new contract includes a no-trade clause and a $7 million deal in incentives. Tops out the value at $16 million. Now, in his two seasons with Kansas City, Watkins has appeared in 24 regular season games with 92 catches and six touchdowns. Alabama football coach Nick Saban doesn't believe extending preseason camp for college teams around the country is necessarily the best way to get them ready for the year, if there is one. Saban says he prefers some teaching sessions on the field over the summer to prepare them for camp, even if it's in shorts and t-shirts. Well, the British Open and its organizers say postponement is certainly an option for this year's tournament, which is scheduled for Royal St. George's. The 149th edition of the Open Championship is scheduled to take place in mid-July. The last time the Open wasn't played was in 1945 because of World War II. And the Tri-City Storm has announced the hiring of Ryan Ward as Director of Player Development. He previously served as video coach for the New York Islanders and the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's a look at sports. For more, find it anytime at krvn.com. I'm Jason Jorgensen. Nebraska Game and Parks Commission will close overnight camping at state parks, state recreation areas, and wildlife management areas starting Monday, April 6th through Friday, May 8th, with a possible extension. In addition, the closure of state park area lodging and cabins will be extended through May 8th. State parks and recreation areas will remain open for day use, so guests may enjoy activities such as fishing, hiking, biking, and wildlife viewing while maintaining proper physical distancing of at least six feet. A limited number of restrooms will be disinfected regularly and be available. Health officials say the death of a Gage County woman is Nebraska's sixth from COVID-19. The official said Thursday night that the woman was in her 90s and had underlying health conditions. Nearly 4,300 people have tested negative. Earlier Thursday, Governor Pete Ricketts said he doesn't plan to deviate from his regional approach for stay-at-home orders rather than issue a statewide order, as other governors have done to fight the pandemic spread. Ricketts say some of Nebraska rules are stricter than those in some states that have full shelter-in-place orders. The amount of food available for distribution from the mobile food pantry on April 2nd at the Lexington Food Pantry will be larger than usual. Lexington School social worker Christy O'Mara. We know right now that there is a really great need for food for families, especially when you consider that children usually are receiving breakfast and lunch at school. So the numbers are double what we normally receive. So we will be receiving over 600 boxes and bags for families. So that means we can serve over 600 households. The mobile food pantry was sponsored by the Food Bank for the Heartland. The COVID-19 pandemic has slowed the global economy as every country tries to slow the spread of the virus. In the United States, many dining rooms are closed with drive-through and curbside the only food service options. Clay Patton learns more about how this impacts French fry demand. 
They go with almost any meal and have been an American hamburger staple site for over half a century. But one of the leading potato processors in the U.S. believes there will be a big downturn in demand due to COVID-19. Lamb Watson, the potato processing company responsible for developing the water knife that's an industry standard for mass french fry production, says they lost nearly 50% of their Chinese french fry demand for a month when the country put on tight restrictions to slow the spread of the disease. Lamb Watson CEO Tom Weaver said the demand levels have returned to 70% of pre-crisis levels in China as the country slowly starts moving again. Lamb Watson shares have tumbled over 12% due to the lost demand. On the Rural Radio Network, I'm Clay Patton. For more news anytime, go to krvn.com. Reporting for the Rural Radio Network, I'm Austin Jacobson. In a relief effort to small businesses hit hard by the COVID-19 pandemic, Congress released its $350 billion rescue plan today. With the Rural Radio Network, I'm Trebella Guzman. The Small Business Administration plan has opportunities for Main Street businesses, but many wonder if it will assist agriculture. The plan was passed about a week ago, and Veronica Nye, American Farm Bureau Federation economist, says what this means is details have been coming out little by little. Which has made it difficult for people to, um, you know, fully comprehend or understand whether or not uh, different businesses are eligible and how the process might work. Um, So last night, SBA released an interim final rule uh, about how the paycheck program would work. It was pretty short, 31 pages uh, by by government speak is pretty short um, and was intended to answer a lot of those questions. Nye says it has answered some questions, but have left others for agriculturists without answers. The biggest one being revenue limits. That's where our main concern is at this point. Um, For a lot of farms, the revenue threshold was a million dollars in receipts, not profits, but receipts. We realized that would kick out a lot of our our members. The the final rule that was released last night, the hope was that that would uh, clear clear that up. It, It has, and yet it's left some questions yet. So we're, we're still working through that to get final clarification, but we're hopeful that it'll go the direction that is most inclusive to farmers and ranchers. Agriculture at the moment hasn't been hit as hard as some areas of Main Street, but the production season is just beginning. Galen Larson, president at Platte Valley Ag Credit in Scotts Bluff, agrees everything is happening relatively quickly and ag producers are going to have to look closely at where they fit in the SBA plan. Their work's not being delayed because of the virus. They're not laying people off. Um, so their workforce is really probably, it's not going to affect them as much um, unless there's a large number of employees, and then it certainly might. But if it's just a one-man operation, there there really is not a whole lot for them to be able to obtain. Since it's really based on the payroll and, and keeping employees, um, you know, the larger entities uh, probably do qualify, and I would anticipate that we are receiving uh, phone calls from the majority of those. Ag businesses where the plan may work include truckers and businesses with seasonal help. Nye says the big question the SBA hasn't yet clarified as of Friday morning is whether or not revenue thresholds apply to agriculture production. So in, in one portion, it's all about eligibility and Businesses with 500 employees or less are included uh, in this program. But then there's some additional, uh, you know, references to other law that need to be taken into consideration. And some of those references to other laws reference some revenue thresholds 
for farms production agriculture operations. The SBA plan does have clarification for ag producers on payroll eligibility. As a, as a farm and ranch, um, if wages are paid to a to an employee that is not domiciled in the United States, uh, then those wages are not uh, eligible for the paycheck program. So that would exclude our farms who are paying H-2A workers who, uh, or other workers who have um, authorization to work in the United States that are not citizens of the U.S. It also clarifies that wages to independent contractors, your 1099 folks, should not be included because those folks can, can file for the Paycheck Protection Program on their own. The CARES Act authorizes three programs farmers might be interested in, including the Paycheck Protection Loan, which includes ag programs, but there are two others. The other program is the Emergency Disaster Loans. That program at this particular juncture does not look like production agriculture is eligible. And then the third program are these emergency disaster loan program grants of up to $10,000. Same issue with with those grants. It's uh, we're still waiting for for clarification from SBA whether production agriculture uh, are eligible, uh, is eligible for this program. Nye says when calling into your SBA, make sure they know the name of the plan you are applying for. She gives an example. You know, for example, if I'm a dairy operation and I call in and I ask SBA if I'd like to apply for the disaster program, they're likely to tell you that you're not eligible because in their mind, they're ta- you're talking about the disaster loan program and you wouldn't be eligible for that program. Whereas the Paycheck Protection Program, you are eligible. So I know that drives folks crazy to to have to know the the details of of something that uh, that we're all just novices in. But just keep in mind that uh, we may have to, as individuals, educate ourselves just a little bit more before we inquire with SBA to make sure that we're getting the right answers. Nye says another issue some agriculture producers may face is finding banks supporting the SBA plan. Uh, but for farmers and ranchers, given that um, we tend to be fairly spread out, that bank may not be your hometown bank. And in the short term, those folks who are currently accepting applications, uh, there may be a fairly significant you know, workload for, the, for those banks. So processing time may not be as fast as, as all of us might like. For more information on the loans, visit sba.gov or fb.org. With the Rural Radio Network, I'm Chabella Guzman. Um. With the Business Report, I'm Bob Brogan. Stocks were moving lower on Wall Street today after the government reported that more than 700,000 jobs were lost last month. The dismal jobs numbers were expected, with businesses shut down across the country and around the world as people stay home in hopes of slowing the spread of the coronavirus outbreak, and investors were fully expecting to see such dismal jobs numbers. The price of oil continues to rise, helping to boost energy stocks. European and Asian stocks were down. Growth in the U.S. service sector slowed in March, and a much bigger decline is expected in coming months from all the shutdowns and job layoffs that have occurred because of efforts to contain the virus. The Institute for Supply Management says its service sector index slowed to 52.5 in March from a reading of 57.3 in February. 
Walt Disney Company officials say they will start furloughing some workers in two weeks at its theme parks resorts in Florida and California. The company says the first wave of furloughs will start April 19th. Anyone who is furloughed will remain a Disney employee. A statement didn't say how many of Walt Disney World's 75,000 employees or Disneyland's 31,000 workers would be furloughed. The federal government's relief program for small businesses is off to a bumpy start, with few businesses able to apply and some big banks saying they're not ready to process applications. Millions of small businesses are expected to apply for these desperately needed rescue loans from the $349 billion Paycheck Protection Program, which was put in place to help them retain workers and pay bills during the coronavirus pandemic. Some large lenders like Wells Fargo, Huntington Bank, and Bank of America said today that they are ready to go. Others like J.P. Morgan Chase said they wouldn't accept applications, citing lack of guidance from the Treasury Department. For the Rural Radio Network, I'm Bob Brogan. Protect yourself and others from COVID-19. Nebraskans can help protect themselves from the coronavirus and other respiratory infections by staying home if you are sick and avoiding close contact with those who are sick. Washing hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. If soap and water aren't available, use an alcohol-based sanitizer. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth with unwashed hands. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects and surfaces. For more information, visit krvn.com. The question the KRVN crew gets most, when are you going to call my initials? For more than 65 years, we've been spinning that monogram money wheel to give you a chance to match your lucky name to our lucky letters. Simple rules, great winnings, awarding more than $200,000 over the course of our rich history. And we won't be satisfied until you're a winner. Mornings with Paul Perkins, afternoons with Brandon Bennett's, Saturday mornings too. Yep, we're still spinning for winning on monogram money, 880-KRVN. Alex Wojcicki reporting on the Rural Radio Network, and I'm joined on the phone by Courtney Sharp. She's the Director of Outreach Education for the Nebraska Farm Bureau. Courtney, you guys have done some revising to the Ag in the Classroom program to kind of keep it available for some students. So tell us more about what you guys have done. Yeah, so we've been pretty busy at Ag in the Classroom. We've developed some live experiences, um, some self-guided opportunities and activity guides, and sent those out to teachers and parents and students to help them learn about agriculture during this time as they are learning at home. Courtney, give us an idea kind of of what the program was supposed to be like versus what you guys are doing now. Typically at this time of year, uh, we are in classrooms, we're in colleges, we're in universities. We are directly interacting with those students and teachers face-to-face. And right now we're doing everything from an online format. So we're using a lot of Facebook Live to connect with um, our students and our teachers and parents, and also using a lot of different resources that we've had to format differently so that they can be accessible online as well. And what opportunities then are going to be available? It looks like you guys might have some virtual tours and stuff like that. The opportunities we have available are we have some virtual field trips to pig farms planned. Um, we have one on April 16th and May 5th. And then some of the other opportunities um, for students to participate in are virtual classroom visits. So every Wednesday and Friday on our Facebook channel, people can log in and watch an interactive activity and participate in that activity at home. And so doing things like 
making ice cream in a bag or making corn plastic. Awesome. What's the best way to learn more about, about this program? The best way to learn more is to visit our website at www.nesbfoundation.org and visit the virtual learning tab. It has everything laid out and it's easy to get to um, and see all of those opportunities laid out. All right. Great information. Thanks so much, Courtney. Yeah, thank you. And then also happening yesterday on Nebraska Farm Bureau Foundation's Facebook page, they announced the 2020 FFA Advisors of the Year on a live stream. Farm Bureau Foundation Executive Director Megan Schaefer announced those awards. Winners were nominated by their chapter members, and the award includes a $1,000 grant to the FFA chapter. Congratulations to Mr. Dan Mowinkle from Logan View FFA. Mr. Mowinkle has been the FFA advisor at Logan View for 30 years. He makes learning interactive with hands-on labs and animals in the classroom. He coaches softball and wrestling, attends school events, and helps students prepare for livestock shows. Under his leadership, Logan View FFA has achieved great success. Logan View won the opening closing ceremonies event at the district level, and Mr. Mowinkle is helping a candidate prepare to run for a Nebraska FFA state office. Our second winner is Mr. Gary Marish from Central City FFA. Mr. Marish has been the FFA advisor at Central City for 43 years. Mr. Marish has led the Central City FFA chapter to many successes, with individuals placing first in the state competition for the AgriScience Fair, a state qualifying parliamentary procedure team for six years running, and an alum receiving his American degree. Mr. Marish is dedicated to community service, with a couple of examples being the Adopt-A-Highway program and the free community garden the chapter built and maintained. From the Nebraska Soybean Board News Desk, which is brought to you in part by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff, you're listening to the Rural Radio Network. Clay Patton on the Rural Radio Network. I'm talking with John Payne of Senior Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniel Zag Marketing in Chicago as we take a closer look at the closing line at the grain futures. And, John, all the attention on wheat today, corn and soybeans, while we're seeing some better energy prices, really, is the demand bears just still here in the driver? Yeah, at this point, corn's got got a lot of uphill battles here. I mean, the near-term story on ethanol is going to remain really sour until we start driving again. So, in the crude oil patch, we get a rally, which is nice. I mean, it's not, I'm not saying that, you know, rallying 25% in one day is bad, but, you know, still at $27, $28 crude, you're just not going to get, you know, that kind of energy push that's going to affect near-term corn demand. I mean, really, the only thing, in my opinion, that does it is just getting life started again. So, That'll be kind of the theme here, as you can you know, talk to me throughout the month. Uh, we just, I mean, again, nobody really has an idea of where, uh, you know, where the value of these are going to be down the road and what that future will look like. So near term, it's about pressure. I think we'll be down. It's unlikely to see a rally much before the May delivery, and I think producers are going to have a tough decision on whether they deliver or roll through the summer. Um, you know, it's a different decision for everybody, but... Uh, it really just lies to whether your faith in this thing or not is going to end at any time. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like it will. Sometimes I feel like it don't. It just depends on how the cattle market is trading. You know, we have a WASD report coming up next week. Can that have some impact on the market, or really are these bigger macro fundamentals going to continue driving? Well, I don't know. I mean, you could probably see some intermonth spreads on it. Again, the, the near-term picture for for May, we could see an old crop carryover. 
at you know one seven, which is really bullish. But when you look at what the Ford ethanol demand is, it's not. You know, we can shed that demand on rallies easily. Um, we are cheaper than Brazil and Argentina right now, so that'll be something that I think supports old crop. As far as new crop, we're going to get a nice big fat look at what that carryover is going to look like with 97 million acres, and honestly, you're going to see a three in front of it. So it's a uh, it's going to be a shocker. I just don't think December has any legs here unless beans really rally, uh, or again we get something moving on the on the on the medical front. And then finally, currencies, those emerging ones, still lower today. Yeah, it's. Uh, you're waiting for a default there. I mean, that's about it. At this point, somebody's not going to pay their bills down there, and that'll be how it ends, I imagine. That'll how that'll that should be how it balances out. I think the big question will be what will be get planted next year. You know, it will you know will be difficult for producers down there to afford inputs. You know, I mean, there's a lot of imports that that need to take place in Brazil to uh, to get us to 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 plan on time. And again, John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniel Zag Marketing in Chicago. Learn more at danielzagmarketing.com. Do remember, trading futures and options involves risk of loss and may not be suitable for all investors. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. Howdy, folks. This is Rick from Divinity Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, and McCook. When you're ready to buy a new vehicle, expect that our hardworking, experienced staff will treat you just like family. Go to DaviniChryslerJeepDodge.com today. And remember, it's not a deal until it's a Divinity deal.